0: Thanks for joining Gary and I today to go into all the world. Last week we ended up with Romans eleven fifteen. Was that right, Gary? Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. So today we will
1: start with verse sixteen. Yeah. Verse sixteen reads: For if the first fruit be holy, the lump is also holy, mm. and if the root be holy, so are the branches. And today I wanted to cite a couple paragraphs from a book that to me included a very complete review of this verse as well as some of the things that we've kind of talked about, the general points we've talked about in chapter 11, Mm -hmm. okay? That though Israel largely rejected Jesus, there'll still be a time when Israel returns and fully embraces him. Well, the book is titled Romans Volume 2, The Freedom Letter, revised by Alan Johnson from Moody Press, Chicago, and the 1985 edition. Here we go. So the first or the paragraphs are prefaced by comments on who are the first fruits of Israel. Some feel the references to the Jewish remnant around the time of Paul, like the Jewish Christians or the few Jewish Christians that were with him. However, the paragraphs we cite they take a little different view. And here's the first paragraph. Most commentators prefer to understand the first fruit to mean the ancient forefathers or patriarchs of Israel, because the first Jewish people were holy. That is, the patriarchs such as Abraham, who were truly consecrated to God, the people which came from these godly forefathers of the covenant form a whole within them. So even though we see some temporary unbelief, uh, we see rejection, or so to speak, rejection of Jesus, and so to speak, the gospel, it's kind of overtaking the nation. The covenant people, okay, the covenant people will yet appear in the future of their, or in their real character and purpose as God's people, The temporary and partial unbelief of even a number of generations of Israelites, Paul would argue, cannot annul the continuing holy purpose of God destined for this people as a whole. And I'm going to ask Man if he has any questions here before I go into paragraph two, any comment.
0: No, I I, I like the fact that you you were talking about how they were were rejected, you know, and it reminds me of Joseph. He was rejected, and even in his
1: rejection, he still sought the Lord. Right, right. And I think, I, I really agree with his, um, Johnson's point here. Excuse me. <clears throat> I think that these people w- will return. I, I just believe, I believe it's biblical. If they are going to return, and quite a few of them. They're actually going to embrace Jesus. Absolutely. And we see kind of, and I'll kind of get into that in a minute, we see this this temporary, if you want to call it unbelief and rejection, is kind of overtaking them. But we know because they're coveted people, they're going to come back. Okay. Well, here's the second paragraph. In the second metaphor of the root and branches of a tree, Paul further stresses the same point. The tree bears the same character as the root. If the root, people like Abraham and Isaac, is holy or belonging to God, so are the branches. So that would be the nation that springs from the root. It is in the character of Israel, then, as a covenant people, whose origins are good, that Paul sees the hope for their future restoration as a whole nation, just as the unbeliever or sorry, just as the believing wife or husband sanctifies, which means makes holy, the whole covenant marriage union of a believer and a non-believer, so that the children are considered illegitimate or rejected by God, so the believing forefathers of the Jewish people sanctify the whole covenant posterity in the sense that they are destined to fulfill God's purpose as a covenant nation. So think about those paragraphs as we go on today. I, again, I think Johnson's made a great point. I think as we see Jews over the, the, throughout their history, and I am sure many agrees with this, we see many times in the Old Testament we see them, so to speak, rebel against God or fall short of his standards or ignore his standards or ignore him. But he always came to their rescue and he always gave them or drew them back. And it didn't matter whether the captivity was sin. okay. Inattentiveness, I mean, being in captivity themselves, you know, or anything like that, he restored them and gave them an opportunity, okay, to have a relationship with him. So to me, I think the same mean metaphor we also see in the Bible pertaining to children. It says, if you teach, oh, sorry, if you train children in how they should go, one day that child that's trained, those children that are trained, they're going to come back, okay? So again, I think this whole idea, this verse, and some of these comments by Johnson, kind of gives us hope—hope hope for the full restoration of Israel through God or to God through Jesus. You know, uh, Gary, this reminds me of David. Uh,
0: you know, yeah. in in the Psalms when he said, "You know, restore to me right the joy of my joy of, my, of yes. thy salvation," and then he also said, "Where can I hide?" <laughs> you know, even <laughs> though he had sinned and was right. Uh, Turning from God, or so to speak, or away from the law or the order, you know. The, right. Back then, the law was the order uh, yeah, of of the of the tabernacle, you know, of of the of the, of the temple. And he said, "Where can I hide?" And God's like, "Can not hide anywhere, dude." You know, <laughs> basically, you know what I mean? Right, right, right. So you know, it doesn't matter where we hide; God's still is In in our time
1: of need, you know, even though when we fall short. You know, man, that's a great point. Um, I think that if we as believers realize that, we, that he loves us unconditionally, he loves us, he'll never leave us nor forsake us, and he will draw us back and he will come find us, you know. Yes, he will. I always love that Tasha Layton song, if I run even a million miles away, <laughs> he'll come back and he'll bring me back.
0: Amen. You know? so in verse 17 it reads, And if some of the branches be broken off, and thou, being a wild olive tree, were grafted in in among them and with them partake of the partakers of the root and the fatness of the olive tree. The olive tree is something really um, powerful when you think about the process of the oil and the olive tree. You know, I, I just that just came to mind.
1: That's good. Well, maybe I could describe that sometime? I think that's pretty good. <laughs> well, you know, this verse, man, it mentions that there are broken off branches. And, of course, these would refer to, or these refer to, the unbelieving Jews, those who rejected Jesus. Mm-hmm. The wild olive trees, of course, are Gentiles, the ones that were grafted in. And, again, the Gentiles are grafted in. They're not part of the original tree, but they are now are attached, and they are part of the tree now. And the last part of this verse mentions the root and fatness and that grafted in Gentiles partake. So the root and the fatness were really our common ancestor that, the Jews had Abraham for an ancestor. And of course, he's the father of our faith. So we both have it. So again, we're going to, so to speak, partake of that root and the fatness of the olive tree. Anything you want to say about that, May? I think it's... Uh,
0: no, I I think, you know, again, you know, we can't run from God. I mean, even though we're broken, you know, I'm reminded of the even the tares and the wheat, you know. Uh, I think one time, I, I'm just paraphrasing, I don't remember the scripture, but it's like, do 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 we cut the whole harvest? Do we oh, cut it off? Man. Just don't do that because you might tear some of the weed out. Right, you right. know, and that's the good stuff, you know. So exactly, looks similar. So right. God's not going to cut us off because right. of our sin, though we could, if we just don't, are not repentant you know. Right to turn right to right. God, no. Right here. Yeah. <laughs> so in verse eighteen, it says, uh, "Both not against the the the, the branches." But if we boast, thou
1: beareth not the root, but the root thee. Wow. Yeah. So this is actually a very important point. Um, one commissary notes, and it makes the point of how humble and the, the humility we Gentile believers must take. And this verse says, it said we're not to boast against the fallen branches. or It tells us, don't boast against them. Well, the Jews fell, or they're not like us, or some dumb comments and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. We're actually sharing in, as we've said earlier verses, their fall gave to us Gentiles, gave to us non-Jews a great blessing. So we should, not grateful that they fell, but instead of cursing them or putting them down, we should be thankful for what we have. Because what was designated or, so to speak, designed for the Jews mm-hmm. has actually been given to us. The promises given to the patriarchs here, we're inheriting those and we're actually walking in them and living them. And the verse says, the root supports us, where it says the root thee, not us supporting it. To me, another comment on this verse is very apropos. It says, if we stand by faith, we're not to lord that over others because we're standing in faith, not for something we've done, not for some goodness on our part or some great actions or series of actions. We're standing in faith. And so, we can't lord our faith over others because our faith is in something else this is obviously in god in jesus and what he did mm-hmm. so really what we're standing in is their work of their action so how could we start boasting well i'm standing i'm a great christian no i'm a christian because of what jesus did not what i did i just received him i don't suddenly become great because i received him no his action is great so again We also know that obviously we want to be careful in these situations because pride comes before a fall. If we allow pride to grow in or Mm -hmm. I'm better than Jews or I'm better than this person or something like that, we definitely have a serious issue because, again, we know pride comes before the fall. We want to stand in faith, again, based upon what somebody else did. And again, this is about Jesus. So, again, this point to me in this whole verse kind of articulates the necessity of humility. Right. We were grafted in because others rebelled. Okay, again, it's not our, so to speak, plan. It was God's plan. We are both to embrace the plan. In my mind, believers should embrace the plan, obviously, but then also be able to articulate it to people that are without salvation. And I think it took me years, Manny, to kind of understand the depth of this: is that I, I'm a born again person. I'm in the kingdom of God, but others are not. Mm-hmm. Okay. What can I do to try to bring them in, versus putting them down for not being there, or you're not saved, or you're a Jew, or you know you're not my you know Christian like me, or something like that? It's it's a very foolish and a wrong point. Okay, so again, I think it takes back to I'm, I don't want to boast against the branches, but if I do boast, it's going to be in Christ and what He does, because I don't have the root. The root has me.
0: Right, and you know it reminds me of. The root is the foundation. Amen. That's right. The root, the, the root of the tree is what keeps the tree growing. You know, in, in, in a boat, when you see a boat, the, the bottom part of the boat has to be right just as strong, sturdy, than the top part of the boat. The top of the boat... That's you <laughs> When you look at the bottom, right. it's got to be strong. The foundation's got every you know, nut and, and and when it's put together, you know, an old fashioned bullet, so to speak. It's right. bigger and stronger than the top. So yeah. our root or our foundation is Christ alone. Right. When we when we stand on that, not on our own volition or our own understanding, but on him, the root, you know, of our salvation, the joy of my salvation. So anyway, that's just what came to mind. So on verse nineteen we see that you will say then, the branches were broken off
1: that I may be grafted in. Wow. Right. It's pretty amazing, isn't it? <laughs> so um I think, many this part or this verse kind of, again, reinforces this need or the necessity of humility and gratefulness on our part. Mm-hmm. Again, we receive because someone was out and we are out, or now the, those of us who are out, we're in, okay? And again, we didn't earn our way in, we cannot boast of our efforts, kind of an explanation of the same expounding on what I said last time, we cannot boast of our great blessings, part of giving honor to him through more all blessings flow. And I thought about that over the years. I see, I see a lot of good things in my life, and I began to realize, you know, the Bible says that all good things come from God. Yes. So, you know, we can, again, boast in our goodness, and we also, thinking about all good things come from God, We used to sing the hymn, praise God, from whom all blessings flow. Mm -hmm. If you think about it that, we're giving praise to him because it's from him that all blessings flow. Right. And I think, I won't go into this in depth, but maybe someday we can kind of go through that, or maybe God will give me more insight about that. Because you see a lot of good things in our life, and I begin to realize, gee, maybe all those good things came from God. I think they did, even when I was not saved, I think. (laughs) You know why, how do these good things happen in my life? I, I think God was watching over me. But he knew I'd come, and maybe I was seeking in the right way, stuff. So, Anyways, yeah. um no, it's it's really uh, interesting
0: that even you know, old, you know, I I grew up Catholic, and I remember even growing up Catholic, I would always like say my Hail Marys and my Our Fathers, you know, uh-huh. and and still even then, I still remember leaning into God, leaning there you- into what. You know what is it that you want, God? And I remember going to church. I'd be like, "Is is this is this all there is?" And I'm not knocking the the, the right the right. Catholic Church. I'm what I am saying is that there is more, right? And when these good things happen, you know, and when bad things happen or things didn't go the way I wanted them to go, I was not so much disappointed in God, but I was more disappointed in myself. Because I still didn't rejoice, right? In the fact that you know what? I guess it wasn't God's will. <laughs> so anyhow, but um, well,
1: you, you made to me, Maddie, a very good point, and that's you know, we have to lean into God. And you know, I shared a story last week about this family and stuff. And if we got time, I'm gonna share a little bit more today. But to me, leaning into God, um, listeners necessitates us trying to walk with God daily. And again, I'm not talking about I gotta spend an hour and two or prayer before I go out the door. I gotta say, you know, so to speak, something like 10 Hail marriage or, or something that a Christian would do in that same vein, kind of put a burden on us that's not good. But on the other hand, we want to lean into him, um, because I know that he leads and guides us, okay? And if I resist talking to him or I resist, so to speak, his call then I'm kind of going at odds where it says the the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Mm -hmm. If I stay with God, he's going to order my steps, okay? And notice, by the way, everybody listening today or all the listeners today, it does not say that the steps of a good man are ordered by himself Mm. or by herself or by his or her own intuition or his or her own experience or knowledge. It says Mm -hmm. they're ordered by the Lord. So to me, trying to live the Christian life apart from the Spirit of God, leading, guiding, counseling is not really possible. Right. And, and again, we'll we'll talk about that in just a minute here, that how important it is to lean into him. Yes. Okay. Go ahead, man. No, I was just going to say, yeah, uh, he orders our steps,
0: absolutely. Many are the plans of a man, but God's plans <laughs> will always prevail. You know? Right, right. So in verse 20, it says, well, because of of unbelief, they were, broken off, and thou stand by faith, be not
1: hiding minded, but fear. Wow. Right. Well, there's kind of a common theme in these last few verses that now we have this dual realization in my mind that we're both knitted together in the vine, any boasting or self-congratulations are mute, and then secondly we stand by faith. Okay? Right. So even though we're knitted in or we're grafted in I still want to walk in faith and I want to maintain that faith because apart from faith, you know, it says love worketh by faith. And apart from faith, I cannot do anything. I cannot please God. I cannot, so to speak, get out and do some of the works of God. And this last part or the last part of this verse is very clear. It says, don't be high-minded, but fear. In other words, we don't want to be so high-minded or high-minded at all. Thinking, again, it's ourselves. We don't stand in ourselves. We stand in Christ. And then when it says fear, I think to me that's kind of like an awe or reverence of God, right? And a respect, Manny. That mm. just like I said before, we want to respect that. So I want to trust in the Holy Spirit to lead and guide me, and I want to lean into that. Because again, like I said, we don't have all the knowledge, we don't have the understanding. God sees the beginning from the end. He yep. knows who's who's kind of ready to receive them, who needs counsel. I don't know those things. Right. I might have a little understanding, but <laughs> you know, if you want to try to do things every day, especially you want to make you know, your whole day, your whole 24 hours useful to God, he's got a lot out there, and he can do that. We cannot figure out, say, 15 things I can do for the Lord on a day. <laughs> we might figure out one or two things, maybe three, but if we want to do 10 or 15, we need to lean into the Holy Spirit and let him lead There's, us.
0: You know, it just reminds me of back in the day, or not back in the day, but uh, maybe about 10, 15 years ago, I was playing with a band, and uh, the name of the band was Blind Faith so that, that that might be another podcast but I remember I would say why is it blind faith right and then so some believed it some people didn't believe it it was controversial you know what I mean because I always thought that what you know my, my belief system is that I have to see you know I'm a visual person you know what I mean so yeah if I see people getting saved or getting baptized with the Holy ghost <laughs> or whatever I'm like I'm all in you know what I mean but if I don't see anything, Ain't nothing. God's not here. You know what I mean. <laughs> so we can't have blind faith. We have to have active faith. Faith that we to see that saved. Lord, that the Lord's doing yeah. something, and we what? see in other people that are not saved to get saved. You know that's that's anyway. Exactly. that's, no. knows that's a good point. Real uh, strong faith there. You know what I mean. And so, but anyway. But um. Okay. So verse uh. What twenty one. Uh Okay. So for if God spare not the natural branches, okay. Uh, Take heed, lest he also not spare thee. Oh, man.
1: (laughs) Well, we've got to see this theme again is repeated, that God removed the Jews, the natural branches, and he could possibly do the same to the Gentiles if they fall or fell from faith. Right. So, well, let's go into verse 22. reads, Behold, therefore, the goodness and severity of God on them which fell, severity, but toward you, goodness. If you continue in His goodness, otherwise you shall also be cut off. And one more time, this this kind of expands or expounds on the same verse. But I do want to make a clarification here. When we're talking of this general point, okay, we see that God had great goodness, okay, towards some after He showed severity towards the original group, okay. So again, we're speaking of God's dealing with groups. The Jews rejected Jesus, <clears throat> okay or I say a a, a lot of them did. Okay, most of them did. Uh, And then there was a number of, so to speak, of Gentiles that received Christ, but that doesn't mean everybody received Christ. So the point is is that when God deals with groups like all the Jews or all the Gentiles or the Jewish, Israelite, Israelite nation, or in general, he's talking about how he's going to deal with these groups. Okay, I took the Jews out, I grafted the Gentiles in. But, I want you to understand this is God talking about groups, not individuals. And What I mean by that, we don't have to like worry and fear that we're going to get cut off, we the individuals. We're going to somehow be ungrafted or cut off because we got proud or whatever. No, we know, and there's multiple scriptures that confirm that we have a security in Christ. We know we're not in today and out tomorrow, in at 12 o'clock, out at 11 o'clock, <laughs> third, 11 o'clock that night, back in at midnight again. No, no, that's not. We're talking about how God shows severity or goodness towards a, a, a Jews or a Christians or again a Gentiles and stuff like that, a group. So don't anybody listening to that, I don't want to get the wrong opinion that somehow you're going to do something get cut off from God. No, the Bible says you're saved, you're eternally saved, you provide eternal salvation, you're sealed with the Holy Spirit. You can't unseal yourself. Right. Okay. P- people group, so I people groups, so I I can get a, get away from. I know you, you can't. Like like you said, man where we hide from God well we can't hide from God right it's there. hey I want to end today you know I've been talking to you a little bit about this family um and this' is a family from well it's from a different country all mention a country but been helping them because their husband lost his job and he'd actually had a stroke three years ago and when I say lost his job the company was working for closed, so it wasn't something he did right you know they've been kind of struggling a little bit if you remember the earlier part they'd uh applied for a green card. That was eight years ago, but they didn't get the green card and they still haven't got it. And that's where I kind of stepped in and, you know, trying to help them get the green card. I went to the congressman's office and trying to set up a, a way that they can figure out what's where is this stopped? What's, what's happened, you know? And along the way, you know, I had to pay their rent. And I've had to pay some of their bills. I, I did it partly because I'm a believer and partly because I cared for them, okay? And maybe that I cared for them because I'm a believer. But either way, I want to read you a couple of scriptures about when you get involved with people's lives and you may have to pay some of their bills or or pay their rent or, you know, give them two or three hundred dollars to have some food for the next few weeks or something like that. You know, here's a couple of scriptures to keep in mind, all right? Proverbs 11.25, it says, The generous soul will be made rich, and he who waters will also be watered. Mm. So, Manny, as we sow into believers' lives or the lives and the ministries of others, especially we do so generously, not like behind the back or kind of stingy or something like that. There. The Bible says we're going to be made rich and our needs will be met mm-hmm. we'll be wired. And another scripture is Proverbs 22, 9. He who has a generous eye will be blessed. Well, how many people listening today <laughs> would like to be blessed? Well, then have a generous eye, right. right? you're going to be blessed. Right. Romans 12, and I'll just read verse 13. This one says, Distributing to the needs of the saints given to hospitality. So when I come across this family, I was actually witnessing in a low store. That's how I met the family, by the way. I witnessed to the cashier, who was the girl, okay, from the other country. And part of, by the way, I witnessed to her because I couldn't pronounce their name. I'm like, I speak yeah, Spanish. Yeah, a bit there. Yeah, yeah. What the heck? Why can't I pronounce this <laughs> lady's name? What's going on? But because I witnessed to them, and she told me we're believers, and then we kind of went to a church together for a short time, and they go to a different church than me. But, anyways, the Bible says you need to distribute to the needs of the saints. Right. Okay? So I actually bought a bed for the son, a bed for Mm -hmm. the daughter, most of the bed for a daughter. But then it came, they had other needs, okay? And Manny remembers, because Manny made a great prayer one day (laughs) and said, I hope this lady's lady's needs gets met in 24 hours. I'm like, Manny, what are you praying, dude? How's this going to happen in 24 hours? God did it. Amen. And by the way, as we end today, I, I just feel like I should mention this. I have a new P.O. box, and it gets... I going to give it to you in case you'd ever like to contribute both to the ministry here and even to this family. Uh, Gary Griffin Ministries, the PO box is PO box 150444 Ogden, Utah 84415 and it's on our minist- it's on my website garygriffinegan.com so you can see it again. But if you ever like to contribute to this ministry and specifically for this family, please send a check or a money order or something like that again to PO box 150444 Ogden, Utah, 84415. Well, many God got blessed today. Thanks that we had a good time. We'll be running over a little bit, but thanks so much for joining us. God bless you as we go into all the world.